0: Bibles, if you've got them, your outline, if you've got it, inside your handouts, an uh, insert that uh, includes our worship scriptures today, some of the things that we're going to be looking at. Uh, you've probably noticed that through this series, even though we've been talking in the home groups about food and fitness and, and focus and those aspects, We haven't been exactly using those as our topics here. We've been talking about making lasting change. We've been talking last week about goal setting and how that fits in. And today, it's in a way the friends portion of the friends, family, focus, food, fitness. But it's really the group factor. So I really want to speak with you about something I always love to talk about. And it's how we need to connect. How we need to connect. This is a revolutionary concept in our United States of America, where we are so stinking focused on independence. Okay, this is the exact opposite of our American creed, okay? This is a revolutionary God-shaped focus, and it's talking about our need for each other, that he created us to be interdependent not independent, instead of, I did it my way, you know, Uh, me and myself against the world, you know, all of those great, heroic, yes, phrases, is exactly the opposite of what God created us for. He did not make us for that. He made us to be interconnected and interdependent, okay, now, you know I believe this, so I, I, I could just take all week, all day, all afternoon to talk to you about this, but I'm going to try to bring it down to about five things that help us say, why do we need each other? What's, what's the proof that God's made us? And what's it for? What's it about? How does it work in our lives? Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other. Okay, say that with me. We belong to each other. Now, that's the revolutionary statement. You are not your own. You have been bought with a price, and you don't belong to yourself. You don't get to say who you, who you are, what you do, what you, how you spend your time, how you spend your money, how you spend your energy. God has a call on your life. God has a purpose for you. And the brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, he says, we each need all the others. You are not dispensable. You are needed. You are necessary. You are important. You are valuable. You need to hear the value of interconnection as God says we really do need each other. So in two words, we are better together. You know this, right? Say it with me. Better together. Do you really believe that? (laughs) Come on. Do you really believe that? Or is it just a phrase that Pastor Bruce makes you say every couple of weeks? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. We really do need each other. And we really are better. I mean, that's what that verse is saying. We are all one body in Christ. We belong to each other. So what are the ways God calls us? Some of the things God calls us to do. The first one, jot this down. He wants us to walk together. He wants you and I to walk in harmony, so walk. With me. I need others to walk with me. To walk with me. Now, why walk? Well, the Bible compares our Christian life—in fact, our whole life—as a walk. <laughs> it's a journey. You don't know where you've been necessarily. You don't know where you're going, but you know you're on a journey. And he says we are called to have those that would walk beside us and to walk together. You were not designed to go on this walk yourself You and I were designed to be in partnership. You and I were designed to be in team work together. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk. Circle the word "walk, so walk in Him. Let your life be on this walk. One of the favorite phrases of the Apostle Paul when he talks about our Christian life, it's a walk. So sometimes you'll hear us in the hallway. "How's your walk with the Lord?" How's your walk with the Lord? And, and sometimes our walk with the Lord is directly dependent on how's your walk with your brothers and sisters, okay? I mean, that's really the question today is what's the value of community, of those walking on the journey with us? Because we were never called on. We were never called to walk alone. Instead, we're to walk together. this doesn't have anything to do with, well, I'm single, I'm not married. That doesn't matter. There's a lot of people that are married who are way more alone than those that aren't married. Okay, And it doesn't matter if, if, if you're married. It, it really matters who are the brothers and sisters you've got to walk beside you with. Now, in a great marriage, in a good marriage, there is that component that you're walking with someone in that kind of partnership. But independent of that, married or not, God calls us, calls us all to walk together. You know, here's some reasons. Here's some ways the Bible says one good reason why we should walk together. It's safer. It's safer. Maybe you've had the opportunity to go into a risky spot. Maybe it's a back alley or someplace in a in a big city, and you're walking, and all of a sudden you get that feeling inside, like a moment of fear. You go, boy, I shouldn't be here alone. So, you know, uh, these parking lots around here, some of the uh, businesses have said, don't go out in the parking lot alone. We'll walk you out to your car. Okay, why? Well, there is safety in numbers. <laughs> Just don't walk alone. It's safer to be together. Always, uh, what do they say, uh, when you're going on a hike? You know, it's foolish to hike by yourself all the time. It, it's, it's better to go with a partner, especially on someplace that's risky. You know the story about the fellow who fell and ended up having to cut his own arm off just to get free. And it's like, why was he alone? Now, I know there's a temptation because I think there's a joy from time to time in walking alone and being out there. But when there's risk, and that's most of life, he says, walk together, be together in this. It's uh, supportive, according to the scriptures. You get energy. You get a support and encouragement from others. We... Want to keep going. So we uh, ha- have support in that uh, process. The last couple of weeks, my 33 uh, year old son has called me and said, Dad, you want to go for a walk? It's like, Yeah. You know, he usually golfs, he usually uh, plays basketball. He's really, really active. And he's like, Dad, basketball's on hold. Golfing ain't too good right now. I'm getting fat. Can we go for a walk? It's like, Yes. I love that, you know. Many late, you know, kind of late at night, but we get to take his little puppy. He's got a brand new, uh, not even walking puppy, just a carry kind of puppy. So, uh, yeah, how good does that get, right? Don't go, to get, don't go alone, go together, you know? That's the plan God has for us because there's support and encouragement. Do you want to know, you're gonna know the, 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 the Zambian quote that says, when you want to run fast, run alone. When you want to run far... Run together. Okay? There's this idea. Life is a marathon. Life is not a sprint. The walk we're talking about here is for the long haul. Walk it together. Be in it for the, the long haul. You know, uh, you, you know, the illustration I like is when the, the geese are flying. You know, you've got the one head lead goose at the front that's kind of breaking the wind. Breaking wind, breaking the wind, (laughs) creating a vortex and an uplift for every other goose behind them, and each one, they say statistically, there's a 24% less energy exerted with each one that's behind another. And you notice they never have the same leader. The leader goes to the back, rotates, and another one takes the lead. They have this down. Don't go alone. It expends more energy. Go together. There's support and there's synergy in, uh, that, in that process. Um, it's uh, smarter. It's smarter. It just makes, makes great sense. Go through life. The Bible says uh, it's a real fool who goes by their own advice. If all the counselors, all the biblical counselors you have, say, no, do it this way. No, I'm going to go my way. Oh, that's our independent, it's dangerous, uh, you're going to fall moment. Just as you've received Christ, walk in him. and We go through life in a smarter way. Remember the first words that God spoke after he made Adam? The first words out of God's mouth it is not good for man to be by himself. After declaring all of creation good, (laughs) you know, it's good, it's good, it's good, he declared man by himself not good, okay? And and, and I think that's hard for us in our culture because there's this wrestling match. It's not good for man to be alone. Yeah, man should be alone. No, it's not good for man to be alone. Yeah, I need to be alone. And there's this wrestling match. Satan wants to convince us against God's declared will, it's good to be alone. And God says, no, it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make one. Remember what he said after he brought them together and married them? The only time he ever said this. He didn't say it's good. It's very good. He declared the only uh, high point. And I think it's because it illustrates that God doesn't walk alone. (laughs) Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Now God's calling on us to walk in union and unity. Do not let us give up on the habit of meeting together. You know this verse, Hebrews chapter 10. Instead, let us encourage one another. Can, Can I say it this way? God hates loneliness. God hates loneliness so much, that's why he declared it not good. God hates loneliness, and he doesn't want any of us to go through this life, walk through this life with loneliness. So community, uh, being together, is God's cure for loneliness. God hates. I mean, think about it, even in our culture, what's the, what's the highest form of punishment? Solitary confinement. Okay. Even in our even in our human, we know the danger and the, and the. Uh, destruction that comes from loneliness and aloneness. Community is God's answer to loneliness. Jot that down. When we're talking about the two families God has given you, he's given you a physical family, but that's temporary. But he's given you a spiritual family. He's given you brothers and sisters and loved ones that isn't designed to be temporary. It's designed to be forever forever, everlasting. Now here's the, uh, I think, kind of a description of what should be happening in our community. It's a way we practice love. It's the way we grow relationships. L- listen to what he says. When you gather, I call this the small group, each one of you be prepared with something useful for all. Sing a hymn, teach a lesson, tell a story, lead a prayer, provide an insight, take your turns with no one person taking over that way all of you learn from each other that's the definition of a small if you're not in a group where that's taking place let me encourage you you're missing most of the church experience that doesn't happen on sunday mornings this is the large group setting this is the small group setting are you in a place every week where this face to face encounter with brothers and sisters happens. That's when you grow your relationships. That's when God shows up in that kind of way, large group and small group. Ephesians 4 says, each does its work. It helps the other parts grow so Christ's whole body is healthy and growing and what? Full of love. Can I just take those three words apart for a minute? Healthy, growing, and full of love. That's the reason you need brothers and sisters. You will not be healthy. You will not be growing. you You cannot be full of love if you don't have brothers and sisters to love on. You can't. It's impossible to be healthy, growing, and full of love unless you're engaged, engaged, and participating in a community of believers, brothers and sisters who are walking it out, with you. I mean, love is the biggest uh, kind of screening point, and you can't, how can you have love if you have no person to love? Follow me? It's impossible. Health, let I me mean, just ask you evaluate. Are you healthy? Are you growing? And are you growing in love, full of love? If you're not, the invitation is wide open. The aspect of our small groups is waiting for you. Open your homes to one another without complaining. I hear that a lot. Oh, man, my home is too small. Can you get three people in it? Yeah, it's a small group. That's a perfect size. Who's coming over? Yeah, but I don't like my neighbors. Well, don't invite them. (laughs) Invite someone you do like, you know? Yeah. Oh, my house is so messy. I'll help you clean it up. And you know, we got a daycare in our house, so we don't have a lot of adults you know, Sit on the little chairs. We've had it. You've been there, some of you. You've sat on our little kids' chairs. It's okay. Do it without complaining. Just get together. Get together at a restaurant. Some of us are getting together in church classrooms. We don't care. Just get together without complaining. Well, the second one. I need others to walk with me, but I need others to work with me. So this has to do with, with the, the, the production, the efficiency, the opportunities that we have to, to minister and to do things. Because God called us to do what? Good works. And he didn't call us to do good works by ourselves. He called us to do good works with one another. He planned these in advance for us to live our Plural, our lives out doing. It's a pluralistic ministry work that God has called us to. You see, you know, all of us are going to be spending eternity serving, and He wants us to practice now. He wants us to get in shape in ministry opportunity now, while we're alive on this planet. Two or three people, uh, uh, two people are better than one. Because they get done more. They get more done by working together. There is efficiency in, in groups, in teams. You know, sometimes we get this uh, I mentioned earlier, this heroic "Do it My Way by myself." Oh, it's like Mother Teresa. she just no, Mother Teresa had the whole Sisters of Mercy around her. She had a team that, that she led in ministry. That's why she was so efficient and effective. It wasn't just one person. Martin Luther King, I mean, he didn't walk across the bridge by himself. You know, he had a team, and, and it was the movement. It was the movement that made the, uh, the, the movement effective and efficient, it was the teamwork in the midst of it. So don't, don't look at some of these characters and go, oh, but he was by himself. No, they would tell you just the opposite. Oh, Billy Graham, what a great hero. He'd be the first to tell you it wasn't him. It was his team. Follow me? We work better together. Say that word one more time. Better together. One more time. Better together. Our walk is better together and our work is better together. together. Yep. God made us to serve, to work, to to grow together. One of the gals that comes to our house, she she didn't have a home. And between a bunch of us, Habitat for Humanity, we jumped in, and I forget if it was three months, a couple of months. We got a little stick house built, and she's living in it now. You know how does that happen? Because we're working together, together. Let me uh, skip to this. Yesterday, Mark and Ryan and Brian and I we went down to this elders retreat down in Turner, Oregon. And uh, there's this Turner Memorial Tabernacle there on the place. So part of our meeting was in this building. This building, look what it says, 1891. This building, which holds thousands of people, was put up, catch it, in one day. You know how they used to do those barn raisings? This was built with the, with the template of a barn, because they were building barns in one day. You know how the Amish do that? Barn raising? How can you build a building like a... You know what that would take today? 10, 10 or 12 years of cranes and yeah. <laughs> operations. They did it. At least the, the superstructure yeah. in a day. How? You get enough energized men and women and boys and girls and you cannot imagine. I mean, it's like the ants. Yeah. What can an ant do in a day, right? Together. Together. Together, God calls us to do more than any of us even think we could do by ourselves. Don't imagine something and go, well, I can't, I'm just one person. Of course you're just one person, but he doesn't call you as one person. He calls you as a team. He calls you as, to put your hearts, your will, your lives together and uh, let God use you that way. I'm going to go back for a minute because this verse, community is God's answer. To fatigue. So it's his answer to loneliness, but it's his answer to fatigue. Are you tired? Oh, I'm just so tired. Maybe you need to wake up. If you're, if you're a normal answer, and this is, the, uh, I hate to say it, but I get this answer a lot. How are you doing today? I'm tired. Maybe you're not working smarter. <laughs> maybe you're working, whew, maybe you're tripping. <laughs> maybe you're working too much by yourself, and God's calling on you to team better, team more. Spend more time with brothers and sisters in the process instead of doing it by yourself. Every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in our community of faith. Well, I'm gonna to need to hasten, hasten on. Let's talk about another reason why I need you and you need me and you need each other is to watch out for each other. You need to watch out for me and I need to watch out for you. You know, in, uh, around here, there's a real, real active uh, block watch. Angie weiner Rhines runs the block watch here in this Bigelow Highlands Neighborhood Association. And uh, if you go to, you see it on the window, watch. What's that about? It's neighbors watching out for each other. We're not in a neighborhood with a block watch, but all of our neighbors, long-term neighborhood, they're watching out. When we go on vacation, they ask me to watch their place. I watch their place. They No, when we're gone, they watch our place. We help each other. Why? Because of our stuff. Okay? We don't want someone messing with our stuff. Well, what's more important than your stuff is your soul, is your spirit, is your heart. What about who's watching out for your spirit? Who's your watch? Not block watch, stuff watch, but spirit watch, soul watch. Who's looking in on you? You know, that's the big question, isn't it? Yeah, God's calling on us to watch out for each other. It's like you've got a, a thief out there. We have this new thing called a, a ring. It's kind of like they use it for the doorbells, but ours is just a separate mounted one, and so it dings all the time when someone drives in the driveway. It drives us nuts. But we can see exactly what's happened because we're watching out for our stuff. What about the spiritual connection like that? Who Who's... Uh, Alarm goes off when someone's coming close, the enemy is getting close to you. Is there somebody close enough where bong, 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 the alarm's going off saying, I'm watching out for you, brother. I'm watching out for you, sister. That's what happens when we grow the community of believers and you're hanging out with each other close enough to know something is amiss, something is out of Keltra. Look out for one another's interests not just your own. That's, that's so counterculture. Watch out for the interests of others, not just your That is so extreme cross-current. That's upstream. That's not what our culture tells us. Our tel- culture tells us exactly the opposite, but God tells us that. Keep being concerned about each other just as the Lord's followers should be. If you have a problem in life call for the other members of the team. The other members of the team should be coming to your aid to help. Watch out for me. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two, but two can stand back to back and conquer. What happens? You don't have a blind spot. Someone's watching out for your back. When you're back-to-back, back, your back is their front. And, and their back is your front. God's, who's, who are you back-to-back back with? You know, that's the question. Standing back-to-back, back, and you will conquer. See, the evil one is trying to take over. He, he, he hates God, and he can't get to God, but he's going to do the next best thing. He's going to try to get to God's people, God's children. You know, if you can't get to me and you want to hurt my kids, you know, that, that, that's what happens. That's what the evil one's trying to do is he's trying to take out the kids. And we're the kids. And God says, no, 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 no. I want you to band together in such a way that there is strength and there is actually... See, see the, the key here is we don't just defend, we conquer. You, you know that verse, right? The gates of hell shall not... Stand against the church as we march forward. We're not just supposed to go, well, we're protected. That's good. We want to be so together that we can be offensive, offensive in both ways. We can be offensive to the evil one and we can be on the offense against the evil one. You catch that? That's what God's calling us to do. Is anybody watching your back? In fact, here's the community answer here Community. A small group answers defeat. It answers fatigue. It answers loneliness. We've spoken of those. It answers defeat. You realize if you're feeling beaten down, guess what I'm going to call you to do? Get together. you feeling defeated, discouraged, demoralized, depressed, dejected, rejected. Get together. God's calling you to victory as the, the team really works and takes over. If one person falls, another can reach out and help. But people who are alone when they fall are in real trouble. Like the uh, living Bible says, "But pity the man, but pity the man who falls, and there's nobody there to pick him up." You know, pity the man. Say that with me. Pity the man. <laughs> you know, pity the woman. Pity the person that, that doesn't have a person there. To pick him up, to help him to hold him up, and to watch out for him, God wants you to watch out for me, and He wants me to watch out for you. what's that uh, crazy commercial i 've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah. You know, he wants you to have a medic alert, you know one of those, and he wants who is on your medic alert? Not when you fall physically, who's going to come to run? who's the 911 uh, for you who's your brother who's your sister? <laughs> To just a phone call away. I need a hand. I need some help. I need some love. Some problems only get solved with help. Well, let's move on. Number four. What else do I need? What else do I need people in my life for? I need people in my life to weep and to wait with me. So I want you to watch for me and watch out for me, but I want you to weep and wait with me. And this has to do with emotional support. This has to do with uh, the inevitable crises that come into our lives, okay? Nobody should have to face personal and emotional crises by themselves. You're in the hospital. You're waiting for some tests to come back. You shouldn't have to do that by yourself. And if you're married, you might be say, well, my spouse will be there. Well, that's good. But I'm looking above and beyond spouses. You should have a brother or a sister. You got a problem pregnancy and there's tests coming back and you know either way it's going to be a, a life-jarring uh, result. What do you do? No one should have to stand at the edge of an open grave by themselves. But I see it regularly. No one should have to go through the, the, the night alone when a, when a spouse is unfaithful or leaves. You, you should have brothers or sisters that are there weeping and waiting with you. Now, because those events, you might say, well, that's somebody, that's down the road. Yeah, but they are all pretty much inevitable. You and I, are, we're all going to face crises in our lives. Are you ready? Are you, well, why Wouldn't it be foolish if we put off building a network of support for down the road sometime later when I really need it? Wouldn't it be wise to build that network of support here because we never know when it's going to happen to us? You know? I wasn't prepared for my dad to die three years ago. You know? But I was so glad I had the network of support around me. It was amazing. Now, do you have that? Do you have that? Are there brothers and sisters in your life that are there for you and with you? <laughs> a gentleman who uh, came into church every week for seven years, big bigger church than ours, seven years, never met a person, wouldn't talk to anybody. He knew the pastor, knew his name, Knew the pastor a little teeny bit. Ended up going in the hospital with a heart attack. Got an infection. Stayed two weeks in the hospital. Came back and he told the pastor, I'm leaving the church. What, what, what's wrong? Well, no one came to see me in the hospital. We didn't even know. And the pastor happened to have been out of town for a couple of weeks. Heard about it when he got back. He's like, nobody knew. It, what, what? Well, of course. Well, he's not in a home group. He'd never been to the hospital to see anybody else. You know? Well, of course he's gonna leave. You know, he's not connected. He needed someone at a time, but he hadn't been someone at a time. You follow me here? Be someone before you need someone. Catch me there? Be someone for others in need before you need someone when you're in need. Because then, yeah, it just makes sense. Then you're connected as family, righteous, spiritual, loving family, not just, oh, well, I sit in the same building for a couple of hours with these people. They don't know each other in those big settings. It takes the community. It takes the small group. You should be like one big family full of sympathy toward each other. Are are you sympathetic to other brothers and sisters? If one member suffers, guess what, folks? We all, the whole group, suffers. Yeah. Sometimes people get real uncomfortable in our small groups because, hey, they get emotional. Someone starts crying. That's good. Nothing wrong with that. Don't go, okay, let's move on. No, stop right there. Stop with the tear and go, let's just pray. You know, this, this sister just found out about a, a diagnosis in her family that she needs us to support her in and pray for her. This guy over here, he just got a notice after 22 years. He got one week's notice that he's done with his job. Of course he's going to be upset. Let's focus on him and pray. That's the curriculum. That's the curriculum of the small group. Not, oh, we've we got to get through the Bible study. Uh, quit crying because we've got to get through the Bible study. No. That is the Bible study. That is the curriculum, the one and others. You know, tears are just a sign you got to stop. Stop what you're doing and pray for the person. Build them up in prayer. Lift them up. Weep and wait with them. I mean, that, that should be your question today. Are you in a spot, are you in a place every week where it brings you to tears because you're so close to other people? Because I, I, believe me, the, the weeping is out there. And if you're missing it, he's calling you to it. Okay? If you're not close enough yet, drop your guard. It's there. Okay? Well, what do you want me to be Pastor Bruce? A ball baby? Yeah, like me. Yeah. <laughs> Why should I get all the all the tears, huh? You know, community is God's answer to despair. Despair. Jot it down. Community is God's answer. To despair. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Encourage each other and strengthen one another. Last one. I know I'm way past time, but just jot this down in the group factor. I need you. I need others to witness with me, to witness with me, to watch out for me, To weep and and wait with me, but also to witness with me. What's the idea here? The idea here is when we team together, when we bond together, God will use and multiply our witness for him in amazing ways. See, here's here's the amazing thing. God wants to use our love for each other as the primary spear that he uses to take out the enemy and to bring people to him. Our love for each other. My, how they love one another. That should be the hallmark, the the bulwark, the, the, the lion's share of what we're doing to bring people to Christ is people waking up going, I want some of that. I want that kind of love. I want that kind of heart. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love for one another. It's in the relationships. You know, Jesus sent the disciples out two by two. He sent them out in teams. He sent them out as small groups. <laughs> our small groups should be showing so much love that we, people can't even get close to them without magnetically being drawn to Jesus. That's our witness. They, they can't help but say, what's going on here? How is this taking place? Why do you guys love each other so much? It's totally against our culture, our society, our American way, and it is God's way. It's what God had planned. It's still what he's got planned. It's what he's always had in his heart. The Holy Spirit doesn't want you to be afraid of people, but to be wise and strong and to love them and enjoy being with them, 2 Timothy 1, 7. So witness with me. Witness God's love, his grace. See how they love one another because it's really God's answer to fear, to fear. You might be afraid like, <gasps> what do I say? What if somebody asks me who Jesus is? Or what if somebody asks me a question I don't understand? That's not the issue. The issue is, are you loving people so openly, so adventurously in your small group that people around you are drawn to Jesus and just keep asking questions? If they're asking questions, believe me, you'll find the answer. You'll find someone who can answer, okay? Don't be afraid to love. Don't be afraid. Enjoy being with people because this is God's answer to fear. God's answer to fear is community, if you're jotting down uh, blanks there. You're working together and struggling side by side to get others to believe the good news. Work Together, deepen our community. So, what have we got here? Your walk, your work, your watching out for one another, your weeping and waiting for one another. In this case, your witness to one another. What does it all mean? What's it all about? It's that we do better together. That His design isn't that any of us would go through life without those, that so we would declare our interdependence. In fact, let's just take a minute. Maybe, maybe this could be our declaration of interdependence. Would that be good this morning? Stand with me if you would. Stand with me if you would, and let's make it an out loud. I don't have it on the board, but just thought of it here. Let's just say it this way. In, in essence, it's I really need a group. <laughs> okay, okay. In fact, let's go. Say say it after me. I, I. Really? really. Let's say it really. Really, really. Need, a group. need a group. God says, "Really, Amen. really? Amen. <laughs> heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us to the point of declaring our interdependence on each other. Thank you for showing us in your Word how it improves and changes and develops and grows us into being more like Jesus. Lord, would you help us as a congregation not be shallow and and, and uh, superficial in our groups, but to be like you've designed them to be like." Jesus wants them to be. Lord, would you show us, every one of us, ways in which we could be more engaged, more participatory, more involved in loving the body, loving the world to you. For we pray this in Jesus' sweet name. Amen.